Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The reality is that in a more and more open financial system, people are going to need more privacy. That means mixers. That means privacy enhancing technology. Um, but it also means that we need to stop bad guys from taking advantage of it. So how do we stop North Korea from laundering a billion dollars through a mixer um, and at the same time let lawful users use that mixer? It's got to be technology. It's got to be digital ID. Welcome to First Mover on Coindesk. On this show, you get all of your top news headlines, deep dives into specific topics and interviews with industry heavy hitters. Let's get right into it. Today, we're going to start off the show by unpacking a few crypto predictions from Paul Bear Didicate, partner at Pantera Capital. He shared his six predictions for this year with Coindesk. We take a look at three in no particular order. First up, tokenized social experiences for new consumer use cases. Paul says where Web2 moves from social to finance, Web3 is moving from finance to social. After FriendTech pioneered a new form of tokenized social experience on Coinbase's Layer 2, Paul expects more experiments this year. He says both fungible and non-fungible tokens will play a key role in reinventing the space. Farcaster, one of the leading Web3 native social applications integrated with DeFi, recently blasted onto the scene with their new feature, Frames. Next, an increase in TradFi DeFi bridges like stablecoins and mirrored assets. Paul writes that in 2024, we expect to see a dramatic increase in institutional adoption, not only from those who seek ETFs, but also the tokenization of real-world assets and TradFi products. In other words, he says TradFi assets will be mirrored in DeFi, while crypto assets will have increased exposure in TradFi markets, creating bridges that bring these two worlds closer together. And more computationally intensive applications moving on chain, like AI and DPIN. Scalability has been a challenge that has attracted time, energy, and capital. Paul says that computationally expensive applications will become much more economically feasible on chain in the near future and may radically reshape the on-chain data economy. Some examples include on-chain AI systems, decentralized physical infrastructure networks, and fully on-chain games and social networks. It's time now for our open forum segment where we take your questions and find answers. I have a very special guest joining me today on Open Forum, TRM Labs Head of Legal and Government Affairs, Ari Redboard, and today he is fielding all of your questions on crypto hacks. Let's Ari, do it. Let's do it. Welcome to the show. Are you ready? I am ready, and thank you for having me. 
All right. Of course, we love having you on First Mover. First two questions I have for you come from the world DeFi on X. The first one is, what are the best practices for securely storing private keys, especially for folks who are new to crypto? Yeah, really, really great question and really, really important. Uh, Secure offline storage is the answer. Um, Don't put this anywhere that could be hacked. So we're talking... Um, we're talking uh, hardware wallets, paper wallets, uh, anywhere that doesn't have the possibility of a breach. So, um, you know, stay away from anything, you know, on a cell phone or a database. Um, you know, SIM swaps are happening everywhere. Uh, one that happened to me a couple of years ago. Um, you never want to allow access to private keys on something that could be hacked. So keep it offline. So don't store it on your computer. And Ari, I think it's important for you to just explain to us what a paper wallet is. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I think that it's it's absolutely fine to keep private keys, seed phrases, um, you know, written down and in um, in, in your safe or, or someplace safe. Um, and uh, it's, you know, it, it feels very archaic in this digital age, but just writing those down is um, is absolutely fine too. Um, again, someplace that can't be hacked. This next question, also from the World DeFi in that same tweet, how can people recognize and protect themselves against the latest scam tactics? Look, I think what we're still seeing is, um, it, what we're looking to is the importance of red flags. Uh, when you're seeing scams out there, um, before we sort of dive in based on FOMO or sort of a quick get rich scheme, we're all susceptible to it, right? We all want to be first in line at that key NFT drop or first in line for that uh, new token drop. But like do some due diligence, um, you know, look at the website of the of the firm that you're engaging with or the individual that you're engaging with. Uh, uh, Google, you know, understand, go, go look at the social media presence and really try to understand, hey, is this an entity that I would want to be engaging with um, and, and get a sense. Uh, we run a website called chainabuse.com, which is the absolute right place to go in there open source, anyone can get in uh, and just put in the name of the company that you're that, that, that you're about to engage with. And you will see other people who were victims of scams if in fact it is a scam. Um, so really, really important. I will say that one, one sort of scary part even to me is that through AI and other types of means, scammers are getting better, right? It's harder to decipher. There are very good sites. Uh, they're able to impersonate you know, senior officials at different financial institutions. So it's something we continue to want to be vigilant about, but I'd say do your due diligence um, before engaging with anyone. Yeah, even executives in this industry have been have been tricked. That's how sophisticated. I've been impersonated um, along with a colleague of mine at TRM uh, in a scam to recover crypto funds for people, right? Um, and I read the emails and it, it, it just made me so sad. Um, and quite, quite frankly, also upset that anyone would think I would send emails that sounded like this. Um, but it, it, it's, it's, it's everyone and we just have to remain absolutely vigilant. All right, let's move on to our next question. This one comes from Web3 Vibes. How can individuals distinguish between legitimate projects and potential scams? I think it really comes back to that really, really heightened due diligence, just ensuring that you're really running down absolutely every um, possible red flag. So look at the social media presence, look at websites, use Google, use chainabuse.com to really check the source and make sure that you're engaging with a legitimate actor. 
um, and, and, and it's just really critical. FinCEN, um, the financial intelligence unit for the United States, the U.S. Treasury Department, recently put out red flags for, for scams and fraud in crypto. Um, they're a great list, but not, um, not, not you know, the, the key is really to do as much of your own due diligence as possible. All right, we got two more. If my phone has been hacked, but the hacker doesn't have my keys, can they still take my crypto? Uh, they 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 shouldn't be able to take your crypto. They should they should be able they they will need they would need the keys to do that. Um, however, it, it it depends on a whole bunch of different factors, right? If they have access to your phone, it's very and you have a, a account on an exchange, it's very possible that they can access that account if you're using two factor authentication on your phone or through your email. So those are those are really those are sort of those are scary moments. Um, and and one really really important piece here is any two factor or. Uh, authorization should be done through a uh, like a password app as opposed to uh, through your phone number or or email account so I think it, the the question which I hope is still a decent answer is it depends on where your crypto is stored but no they would need your private keys in order to get into that wallet all right and this last one is a little bit more I guess high level or philosophical uh, how can we strike a balance between decentralized control of digital assets and providing adequate safeguards against fraudulent activities. And that came from Azhar the Great. Azhar the Great asked the question that I grapple with every morning when I wake up mm -hmm. and every night when I go to sleep. Look, I think the challenge for all of us in the crypto ecosystem, for regulators, for policymakers, for industry is, how do we ensure that lawful users are able to engage with this technology in a secure and private manner, while at the same time stopping illicit actors from uh, taking advantage of new technology? and really destroying this beautiful new financial system that we're building on blockchains. And I think the answer is technology. Um, you know, today we work with the leading DeFi protocols to do anti-money laundering and sanctions compliance through the front ends. I think that we're going to see more and more technology develop around digital ID and zero knowledge proofs uh, that will really allow us to transact safely on blockchains and still have a degree of privacy um, in those transactions. The reality is that um, you know, in a more and more open financial system, people are going to need more privacy. That means mixers, that means privacy enhancing technology. Um, but it also means that we need to stop bad guys from taking advantage of it. So how do we stop North Korea from laundering a billion dollars through a mixer? Um, and at the same time, let lawful users use that mixer. It's gotta be technology. It's gotta be digital ID. It's gotta be blockchain intelligence like TRM. And I think we'll strike that balance um, but that's really the conversation that I think is just starting from a regulatory perspective. Uh, for years, we've been talking about how do we regulate in the more centralized space, right? Exchanges, custodians. Um, and and I, now I think we're moving on to that DeFi conversation, which the latest CFTC report on DeFi does a really terrific job of sort of diving into. Ari, thanks so much for joining and thanks for answering our social media questions for this segment of Open Forum. Love it. Hey, thank you so much. That was TRM Labs Head of Legal and Government Affairs, Ari Redboard. As you know, on this segment, we hope to make this industry more accessible. So if you have any questions for us, you can DM them to me on X and I will find the answers for you. It's time now to take a look at the chart of the day. The chart of the day is presented by Crypto.com, the leading crypto platform trusted by over 80 million users worldwide. 
Are investors getting ready to deploy capital? A Glassnode report takes a look at the stablecoin sector and shows a significant increase in fiat inflows, with the total supply of USD-pegged tokens reaching over $128 billion. The report notes that the surge is predominantly fueled by USDT, which has a 74.3% market share. Since 2020, stablecoins have been widely used to fund cryptocurrency purchases. This is why an increase in the supply of stablecoins is taken to represent the potential buying pressure or dry powder that investors may deploy to purchase cryptocurrencies or use as a margin in derivatives trading. That's a wrap for First Mover. Thank you to our guest today. As a note, we sometimes edit interviews on this show for length and clarity. If you want to get more news headlines, head on over to Coindesk.com. Thank you again so much for watching. I'm Jensen Assey. This is First Mover. We'll see you next time.